Welcome to Theosophia, a podcast for women's voices in theology. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth Smith. Today is round two with the Reverend Professor Amy Violet. We have a really fun conversation about the church at the Lipstick Lounge she started in East Nashville, Tennessee. The Lipstick Lounge is a lesbian bar that's famous for its nightlife and karaoke. Amy and I talk about what it means to create a sacred space for folks on the margins, how to build organic pastoral care and ministry, and how to maintain professionalism in a non-traditional church setting. Hope you all enjoy. Here's Amy. So what we didn't get to talk about the last episode was your church at the Lipstick Lounge. So I just want to set this up by saying Lipstick Lounge. <laughs> wow. I've had many of fabulous, mm. fabulous nights at how the Lipstick fabulous? No. <laughs> Give me details. Like how fabulous It's are not talking? appropriate for not the appropriate. podcast. Um <laughs> The Lipstick Lounge <clears throat> is a lesbian dive bar in East Nashville, where I, I lived in East Nashville, mm-hmm. my time uh, at Vanderbilt. And it's one of the coolest places I've ever been in terms of like the history of it and it, the community that was brought there and the people I met. I've never lived in a place where there was an LGBT community ever in my whole life. Mm. So... When I got to Nashville and just got to know people in the LGBT community and then kind of started hanging out in the hot spots and being a part of it and seeing how it moved and just the community, um, the Lipstick Lounge really, truly is a, a, a type of church for the LGBT community in and of itself. And I got that just being there on a Friday or Saturday night and just being around the people. And to see how it brought people together. And it was a safe place for people to come. And they could just be themselves. Now, we weren't breaking bread. I mean, we're certainly drinking a lot of booze, wine. <laughs> sure. But, you know, it, it is a sacred space in Nashville for, for this community. And so I just, it was a beautiful thing for me to go there. And the first time in my whole life where I, um, I could be myself. And what that, that's been a safe haven for, I'm sure, thousands of people over the years. So I think it's really interesting that you've started a church, quote unquote church, (laughs) which we'll go into here, um, at a lesbian bar in Nashville. So what, tell me the genesis of this. What made you, I know you've wanted, when we've talked over the years, you want to start a church, something People have told you, Amy, I'd go to church if you had a church, right? Mm-hmm. So why why the Lipstick Lounge? Why now? How does this all work out for you? Well, first off, I'm not a big bar fan. I'm not a dive bar. Like, if you're going to come to Nashville, we're not going to a dive bar. You know, we're going to have a high-end, classy cocktail somewhere. So the Lipstick Lounge, to me, was a new establishment. It was not something that I was very familiar with, but I fell in love with Jonda, the woman who owns it. 
and hearing her story about how she opened it up on four credit cards and how she anointed every corner with anointing oil. Mm. And there's an Isaiah text up on the wall and the, K- and the KJV, which she, she <laughs> believes is the right way, you know, the right <laughs> one. And she's telling me this whole thing and she's like fully tatted up and she's smoking a cigar on the patio. And mm. I just happened to be there with my friend, uh, Jesse Lafser and Brittany of the Alabama Shakes. And it was right before, it's probably in June or July, and I was telling them that I was about to get ordained. And I just didn't know who would hire me or because I'm such an oddball. And, you know, in, in that community, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. seriously, I don't know church that would. But just because of what I represent and how scary I am to a lot of people. And I asked Jonda, I said, has there ever been a church here? And she said, no, not really. We tried to have one one time, but it didn't really work. And Brittany jumped in at that moment and said, if you started a church here, I would sing spirituals. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, what? yeah, okay. <laughs> like, okay. So, can so we start it was tomorrow? I'm like, all right, so five-time <laughs> Grammy Award winner, you know, ordained Baptist pastor, free place. Like, and so that model of kind of bivocation, having yeah. a church in a bar, you know, the biggest thing for church is like it's overhead. Well, we have no money, you know. Mm-hmm. But having someone who believed enough in, the, in what we were wanting to do that offered their location – it just it was like as if it had just said yes this is the right place mm-hmm. and so i thought okay well i'm getting ordained in august and then we'll do one and just see how it goes yeah. and we had 22 people there on the first sunday uh-huh. and it just spread uh word of mouth and it for me it's been very almost kind of tent revivaly like we sing hymns like on pieces of paper i mean you know i we have silence and we do prayers with the people Good. and then i you know we do a sermon and i started to do the sermon like i was standing on the stage i was like this doesn't feel right like everyone's like seated and i'm up here and so i just walk down and i sit down with them and give like a five minute kind of overview and then we have a discussion so it's a different form of mm-hmm. preaching mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of it we have the, we call it the Lord's Supper we do it with wine mm-hmm. um, and then at the end which I love is that because we don't take a salary you know we don't have any overhead really mm-hmm. um, I pass my hat around for the offering and I we talk and I say alright who knows someone that has a need mm-hmm. and we legitimately say like oh this person or that person I heard somebody and I pass my hat around on whatever money that we get we give mm-hmm. to that person directly so we've given mm-hmm. to Haiti we've gotten tires for someone we've helped someone pay a bill Love we it. Um, last week what did we do last week um, I mean oh my friends the Sinclairs had a house fire so we were able to give a couple hundred bucks to them you know it just felt very good you know like, like a community that. of people I like that a lot just you know so it's not like well we're gonna keep this much for whatever it's me I don't even touch the money mm-hmm. I mean I don't want to touch it I don't want to see it and it just goes directly and it feels good. I mean, mm-hmm. it feels very good. And I think people across the board who feel marginalized, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's just for sexuality. I think it's mm-hmm. because they don't interpret scripture a certain way or they're divorced or they're, what you mm-hmm. know, too young or too old. Or mm-hmm. they feel a comfort because having someone who is an ordained Baptist pastor, mm-hmm. I bring a sense of tradition, mm-hmm. um, a sense of sacredness. Mm-hmm. In a in a I would say already a sacred space that you say, but it's a not con- it's not a conventional yeah, sacred right, space. Right, um, right. But it very much is. And I say I'm not the first pastor there. I'm just a second or third because Jonda to me oh, is, the, yeah. is the matriarch. Yeah, of that yeah, place. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she rolls in sometimes, and it's just when she's there. I mean, this the spirit. Just, I mean, oh, it's, it it's does. Already there, it's it like, does. Oh, yeah. I mean, so she walks yeah, in, been, and it's just oh. you know. And again, it's um, it's. It's little things like her brother just passed away and it mm-hmm. just felt right 
to make her some food. So my friend Jeff, who does music, and he's a beautiful soul, he, we're like, all right, we'll make her the jambalaya. Like, I made the jambalaya, and he made blackberry cobbler, and then one night, like, 11 o'clock on a Saturday, you know, we go to the Lipstick Lounge, and she's there. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't know we were just going to drop it off, and mm-hmm. we ended up getting in the back with some forks and eating the entire thing of jambalaya and the entire dessert as she told us about her brother mm. and about the funeral they had just had at this huge church and how no one had brought them food. and I mean, it just, and mm-hmm. sitting back there hearing this and asking about the music, and it, it mm-hmm. felt very pastoral. You know, I mean, it mm-hmm. felt like someone mm-hmm. in our co- congregation just lost mm-hmm. a family member and we're sitting here mm-hmm. bringing food. And it, that felt so good, you know, mm-hmm. and it felt like, even if it's not, you know, a church of a thousand people and we mm-hmm. got podcasts and we got web series, I mean, it's it's a very organic, mm-hmm. one-to-one mm-hmm. thing. And even people who have never come to the church, they say, you know, I'm not ready to come yet because of all the trauma I've experienced with the church. Mm-hmm. But knowing you're there on a Sunday morning helps me get out of bed mm-hmm. or helps me have faith in the church or mm-hmm. have God or whatever. So mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, it's, it's been this very sweet experience for me mm-hmm. that I did not know would last more than a week, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but it is surprising to me every every Sunday. And mm-hmm. we went for like, so in the fall, we did every Sunday. And in that national people at 9 a.m. on a Sunday, they just can't do it. Mm-hmm. So we've moved it now to once a month. Mm-hmm. Which actually feels really good because people like concerts in Nashville, like, like, oh, it's on my schedule. I have this show. I'm mm-hmm. going to have this church I'm going to. And then they plan their weekend around it. So they mm-hmm. close out about nine so that mm-hmm. they on the night before so they can come to church. So mm-hmm. I even have like um, passes with Lyft, you know, that I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll send a car for you. <laughs> you know, like very VIP service here, mm-hmm. you know. So mm-hmm. anyway. I think it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as churches are kind of on the decline nationwide. And I feel like, too, a lot of free churches don't have the same structure or hierarchy or even um, accountability, especially in terms of ordination Mm -hmm. and um, getting qualified people to care for communities. And let's say megachurches, this is my problem with megachurches, is that there's not enough pastor for the people right there isn't it's literally like you have thousands of people and like two pastor like what you can't care for the community um and so you know to me is a episcopalian church functions a certain way with certain things and um but you we're seeing this a lot happen churches and bars i've had friends affiliated with different churches, do different things. I do a pub theology, which I think is different, and I wouldn't call pub theology church, but it's another way of meeting in a place where people already are mm-hmm. and bringing something sacred, whether it be conversation or you actually bring uh, sacraments into the space. Because mm-hmm. uh, in the Episcopal church, you know, communion is a sacrament. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if you've done a baptism or a marriage yet in there, but you know those we types of things. Um, but the, what what raises questions for me in this non traditional setting, in that you're not affiliated with. I mean, you're affiliated with the Baptist tradition mm-hmm. writ large because that's who or, ordained you. Mm-hmm. But the church itself, you're not getting any funding from the Baptist. You're not really, you know, a branch or even a church plant Baptist, mm-hmm. even. Um, so. But you're making, you're opening up a way for people to engage with church that, like you said, have been traumatized by the church or marginalized and never felt safe. 
or have just had bad experiences. So there is a need for what you're doing, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wonder if we can call this church mm. in the traditional sense. I think we can largely, mm. like small C church. Mm. But big C church, where, like I said, in my tradition, you know, we've got the, the worship uh, space, which is a sacred space, meaning it's set apart, right? Mm-hmm. It's set apart from profane life, like everyday common life, something that we go to each week that has certain things in it that have all these meanings, right? So when you go to an Episcopal church, like you're here at Cassidy School, mm-hmm. like a school I'm working at, and there's all sorts of stuff in that chapel that signal different things. Like all the stained glass windows have a meaning, and there's a story, and the altar has the purple on it right now. We're in Lent. Like, so all these things have meaning that bring the tradition of the church and all of its uh, theology and history and meaning and spiritualities wrapped up for the Episcopalians and a lot of other church traditions in all the, the material things which you are completely missing in this type of model. Mm. Which, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, oh my God, that's, that's not horrible to me. I don't think that's a bad thing. But is it big C church? Mm-hmm. Because it's so different. And you're not, you're bringing the sacraments there, which is fine. I'm okay with that. But... It's just, it's so set apart. It's so non-traditional. I have trouble calling it Big C Church. A few things. As Jesus said, come and see. (laughs) Come and see. Come and see. Number two, I'm not someone who desires to get mixed up in the debate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I'm like, that's when people are always like, let's just banter. You know, let's go back and forth on theology. I, I really, like, I'm, I... I don't like to do that. But for me, I just am curious about the images and the things. And do you think Jesus had his disciples carry those around in it? You know, in the Sermon on the Mount, when they're out there, mm-hmm. did he set up all the things? Or was were the people, were the pre- was his presence enough? Mm-hmm. And for me, the moment that those people and their stories walk through the door and they're willing to engage in a place, I don't need an image or a stained glass. I need the people. Mm. And so, and again, I don't, I love the Episcopalians. Like I, you know, secretly want to become Episcopal. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I, but for me, walking through those doors and seeing the people come through still high from the night before, hungover, sad, divorced, um, what it's, it's enough. And I just, again, if you don't want to call it church, big C, whatever, but you know, for me and the denomination I'm from, there was tent revivals, you right. know, I mean, they would throw up a, you know, a white tent in the middle of the field yeah. and play an upright piano. And so yeah. we're the Episcopal church, there's bishops and there's, you know, and there's mm-hmm. laying of hands. And I love that mm-hmm. in the Baptist church, it's very about individual churches. Mm-hmm. So when I was ordained by first Baptist church to cater, it's as if they are blessing me and I am an extension now of them. Mm-hmm. So again, it's not a mission from them, you know, it's not a, church plan of them mm-hmm. but they call and they ask how it's going and mm-hmm. I get mentorship from them if mm-hmm. I need it and people who have been to both say it feels the spirit of it mm-hmm. feels very genuine to mm-hmm. both so again um, 
I don't feel like we have to have the stained glass and different things for me to welcome people because I feel like Jesus said where two or three are gathered in my name I am there with Mm -hmm. them so you know big c small c pub theology in a bar I mean I would love to have a big church in the middle of a you know with but it just wasn't in the cards for me yeah maybe it will be one day but I'm not going to wait on the on the big c church with the bricks and the steeples and the stained glass Mm -hmm. because I think I'll continue to be waiting and in the meantime there are people that need to hear the good news yeah and, you know, we've talked a little, we haven't talked well about preaching. And I mean, I want to bring people the good news. And I don't think I am the good news. I don't think <laughs> yeah, my yeah, bags yeah, yeah. and what I'm doing yeah, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. good news for people. They need Jesus. They don't need me. Mm-hmm. But if I can be a catalyst and stand present to my story and my t- testimony mm-hmm. as a witness mm-hmm. to what I'm seeing in the world, why not? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if someone would like to come by, um, and donate money, that's great. But even in the Baptist churches, being part of the CBF or the SBC, and I just recently learned this, the churches give money to those things. They don't give money. Like the SBC does mm-hmm. not give money to churches. They don't fund the churches. Yeah. It's the churches giving money to them. Yeah. So yeah. even, and I mean, I could. I could call the CBF today and say, hey, we want, we're doing this thing. We want to be part of you all. They would send somebody out and say, okay, you can be a CBF, but they won't. There's restrictions on who I can be and Mm -hmm. who I can't be. Mm -hmm. So technically, I could not be part of a CBF community because of who I am and what I stand for. So I'm like, okay, well, then where do I go? Because I'm not an outlaw. I'm not like a free agent. I mean, I very, Mm. I want to be very traditional in what I do, Mm. but unfortunately, I haven't seen the denomination that is willing to embrace someone like me Mm -hmm. yet in the Baptist world. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's the alliance, but again, I don't. I I don't want to just be a church about LGBTQ rights. You know, I mean, yeah, like yeah. I want to preach the gospel yeah, and I yeah. want people to come. And we have all kinds there. Yeah. As I think there were all kinds in G- Jesus' day. Yeah. Well, Miranda Lambert says there's all kinds of kinds. Oh, Lord, we love her, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> you just went it to her takes concert. all kinds of kinds. <laughs> like, song break here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's good. I think no. the only thing I worry about... With these types of churches, um, similarly to what I worry about with mega churches, is mm-hmm. the pastoral care sure. component, mm-hmm. and really being with the people, mm-hmm. and that's the piece you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it'd be cool, like if you lived in Nashville full time and you were constantly checking in on the, like that was your ministry or the people you cared for were people that who came in and out of that bar. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I, I think that is a really neat idea and concept. But you're not there all the time. Well, it's not just me at the church. There's another staff member who's there full time. Mm-hmm. And this is a new thing to just do once a month. But truly, the people are on tour. They're not there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But the way social me- media is ca- calling, like, it works in a way. Mm-hmm. And again, I mean, I have people saying, hey, are we doing church this week? Um, and again, I mean, my preference is to be there all the time with people, but I also know that Nashville drains my soul at times because mm-hmm. it's so so what I want to be able to give people the very best of who I am and mm-hmm. based on my experience and my life and trauma like mm-hmm. I have to be very sensitive to who gets my energy and how much I give them mm-hmm. um, and making sure that my ego and myself does not get in the way of mm-hmm. what I'm wanting to do mm-hmm. but like for example there's a woman who's coming to sing at the church um, this upcoming week on the voice 
And by the time this airs, it will already be done, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm not going to promote it. Where I probably, on a marketing standpoint, should and put up flyers and let people know she's coming so maybe more people will come to the mm-hmm. church. I'm not interested. Because to me, I want her to come and feel like this is a place where she can be known, mm-hmm. her and her partner. And I mean... So I'm not like it's almost like I feel a protection of these people that come, mm-hmm. the flock of twenty or however many, because she needs a place where she can tell her story. And mm-hmm. just like I don't want to be exploited in a book, I don't want to exploit her for ten more f- followers. Mm. And the people who come, truly, all kinds. Mm-hmm. And I'm not willing to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I like that. Yeah, but what about I'll push a little more here for oh. fun. What about the sacraments, right? Like, what about, you know, visiting someone who's sick, um, funerals, marriages, baptisms, these types of things? Um, Obviously, you can kind of plan for a wedding, right? But it's like, how do you do the more, like, immediate needs of the community? You know, let's say someone, you know, had a drug overdose or someone's mom's in the hospital or these types of tough situations. And again, I have, I mean, my friend Jeff, who's on the staff, I mean, he's there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been a very word of mouth. So at, mm-hmm. at the point right now, it's people we all know. Like, it's yeah. people we yeah. see every week. I mean, mm-hmm. these are not people that I'm like, once a month, I see them. Like, mm-hmm. we hang out with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and we after church, we have, at 9 is church, and then at 10, sinner's brunch is what I call it. <laughs> we, we brunch. <laughs> and they all stay. I mean, all but, like, last time we had it, 22 were there, and then, like, 18 stayed for brunch. Mm-hmm. So, and at this point, I feel like we're meeting that need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that feels good to me, you mm-hmm. know, um, because some, pe- some people, they're, they're not, they're just getting back into it. They're not, mm-hmm. they don't want that, over, you know, I want to come and see, see you and pastoral care and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also been hard for me because these are my friends and these are people that I know. So it's like, are, are we, are you asking me out, you know, or is it a pastoral care moment? <laughs> like, are, you know, or is it, is it going to go there? Is yeah. it not? And I think what I've learned in my old age of 32 is it's all pastoral care. Yeah. So it's been a, it's been a time of pulling back for me of mm-hmm. any desire I feel like I might have mm-hmm. and leading with integrity because the, I do feel um, a protection of I'm these people. Say, that's got to be a difficult line of professionalism to keep, you know, you don't go in there wearing a white robe, a white robe investments. And again, like a traditional church setting, you like, there's so much authority and power stored up and shored up in, in the pomp and circumstance of it all. Mm -hmm. And the relationship building is way more formal. Mm -hmm. Again, like I I don't think all priests do this or this is the way it should be done. I mean, it's, Shoot, I have beers with my priest all the time. But um, he's always wearing his collar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he and Mother Kirsten, she's always wearing her collar too. Mm-hmm. Um, to, I think, establish, like, this is who I am. This is the role I play in the community. And there's just that fine boundary that's made where I think, as you're saying, you, you're trying to find a way to like keep that, but it's difficult because it's, it, it is a little more casual. You dress in your regular attire. Um, no one really knows you're the priest until you get up there and start talking and tell people that's who you are and people know who you are. But, um, I think that would be difficult to keep that line of professionalism because there aren't those clear cut 
distinction. You know what I mean? Well, I just don't think on the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, hold on, let me throw on my, you know, my vestments. Well, yeah. Let me, I mean, he was with the people. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, there is a Mm -hmm. casualness and I have had to, honestly, there's been times where I've had to pull back from scenarios where like Amy is a person, like I'm lonely and I want friends Mm -hmm. and yeah, it'd be great to go into this environment, but who I am Mm -hmm. and who you need me to be cannot Mm -hmm. be in this environment. Mm -hmm. And um, a scenario in Waco when I didn't have an official church, but there was this coffee shop I always went to and there was a guy there. Um, You know, a lot of them did not go to church and different things. And I was just kind of seen as that pastoral presence. Mm -hmm. And one night I got a call from a girl I really didn't know at like three o'clock in the morning. And she said a certain name of a friend has been in a car wreck and he's at this hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was the most natural thing in the world. I put on my chaplain outfit and I, mm. you know, went to the hospital. Mm. And because of who I am, they let me in. Mm. And I went and saw him. He was uh, in a drunk driving accident and he was driving. Mm. And I remember standing there seeing him in the bed just covered with blood. You know, and the moment I walked in the room, he, I mean, you could just smell the alcohol. Mm. And his passenger uh, had died. Mm. And the family was in the room with the person who had died. And mm. the nurses came out and said, you need to tell this person that this person has died. And it was mm. like that, like... Okay, game time. And it's like the Lord has, I feel like, just prepared me and gave Mm -hmm. me this peace. And it's like, probably professionally, I should have said, I'm here from the chaplain's office and I'm here to tell you um, this. But I walked in and I said his name. And the moment that he saw me, he just started crying. He said, Tell me. Mm -hmm. And I crawled up in bed with him and I held him and I said, Mm -hmm. So and so passed away. Mm-hmm. He just and I just held him. Mm-hmm. So if that's not the right pass, you know what I mean. But in <laughs> yeah. that moment, yeah, no, it's that my point. friend, like he could not have heard. But that me seeing him like that forever changed our relationship. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to be friends with me anymore. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I was grateful to God that I was the one to deliver this mm-hmm. painful message to him in a loving way, which is not love. You know what I mean. But it's like. I, you know, but that's how the community sees me. Mm-hmm. And so, um, anyway, so like at the church last week, someone came up to me and said, when is the baptism? I'd like to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we'll go to the river, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. that just, it's the most yeah. natural thing in the world. And I'm in, so in that mm-hmm. scenario, I will mm-hmm. wear, you know, mm-hmm. an outfit. And then mm-hmm. when I do perform wedding in November, I will have my full robe on. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, so there's different times yeah. and sometimes I wear a stole, you know, mm-hmm. I wear it. But mm-hmm. again, for me, when I get decked out and all that stuff, it's like when someone calls me reverend, like I just, it's true mm-hmm. and I can do that, but I feel like I'm the most natural in my own clothes, in my own way and mm-hmm. can deliver the message the only way I know how. Mm-hmm. So like when I go and I preach across the United States, like okay, I can dress up, I can dress up, but it's mm-hmm. still me in the same way. And I feel like that's just part of not losing myself. If that's, that's right good. or wrong, I don't no, know. I, but think, I think that's good. Yeah, We need both. I think so. And I like both. You know? Like, yeah. I have, like, You're a both and I like girl. my fancy hat. I'm wearing my fa- fancy hat for you today. Yeah. But then I also <laughs> have my like New Mexico hat. Right, you right, know? right. So it's right, like, right. it's funny because when I'm doing my stuff, it's like the long peacoat, you know? And yeah. it's from fancy and that's like my hat that's fancy but like when i'm mm-hmm. at the ranch it's like my carhartt jacket and my air yachts and this is like <laughs> it's very much both yeah it's very much both yeah and i feel like uh, that's how my life is like, that's good i love the fast pace of nashville and it yeah. exhausts me and drains me but out in new mexico like a hermit crab out there right. the people aren't aren't always there you know yeah. so i feel like it's this beautiful dance i get to do and they get to yeah. inspire people from my time in new mexico so. yeah i think the last thing i'll say about the church is that it's just an it's it's in, it's been inspiring to me to to believe again in the work of the local church and 
to watch people who are Jewish, agnostic, Pentecostal, across the board, want to come to a non-traditional location to hear a sermon and to fellowship together. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't feel wrong to me. And um, people are curious in it. We've, knock on wood, not had like protesters, like no one's been outside. And I'm scared about that. Honestly, I was like, oh God, they're going to hear about it. Yeah. But, you know, we haven't had anybody. And so... I'm almost like, where are y'all at? Like, if y'all saw, like, we're in the middle of Nashville. Yeah. And the Nashville statement came out after we started. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, so one day we just, I printed that off and gave everybody a copy and we just talked through it. Yeah. You know, so it feels good. It yeah. feels good. And I, I feel like, again, I'm learning that balance of, am I your pastor? Am I your friend? Am yeah. I your, you know, am I your girlfriend? When I, like, I mean, what, where, is, <laughs> where is that? Yeah. Um, but I always default to pastor because yeah. that's who I am and I know it's like with a doctor like do no harm I mean yeah. I don't want to do harm because I'm lonely or sad yeah. you know so yeah. um and and what realizing that it's not my church it's God's church right realizing God can do this with or without me and right. I'm fortunate and grateful uh-huh. that God has chosen me to have this little piece yeah um, yeah. of the kingdom and help and knowing that mm-hmm. it's always his. I just get to be a spokesperson. And I think all the things I've lived through have allowed me to be someone that's approachable, mm-hmm. that I'm not up in this high, yeah. you know, wherever and have the, you know, and, and, and yeah. you know, it's very, very real. And I think mm-hmm. failure, people ask me all the time, like, have you ever failed? I fail all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time, publicly, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, big <laughs> But um, yeah. it's it's t- it's toughened me in a way and softened me in a way right. that I don't feel like I need all the bells and whistles to convince people of who I am in this world. My friend Jessie told me the other day, she was like, I just, she's like, you're the most authentic person I've ever met. And you're social, like, why are you even doing social media? And I'm like, well, I feel like it, you know, to get the message out. She's mm. like, you know, so it's, I, I feel yeah. like I struggle with that, like. Just like you. I mean, I would live yeah, I would without love it. I don't have a TV. Never to I be read. on social media. So it's like, you know, do I just roll the dice and say, okay, I'm not mm-hmm. going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. The church has happened before without social media. Right. And it's going to be this very counter-cultural thing because mm-hmm. it does stress me out to do it. So, I don't know. Yeah. What are you thinking? Um, I just think the way in which you're doing church is, is a critique of big C church and what that looks like and really pushes the boundaries of what church is in a good way. Mm -hmm. And meeting the people where they are, I think is what our generation is. It's going to come to is having church in bars and doing things like pub theology. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I don't think our generation connects as much to the pomp and flair and the vestments and the stained glass windows like our grandparents did. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not, it's not real. It's not authentic. Um, but at the same time, I think something our generation does connect to that we we're just old souls in this way is the social media and the video and the high techie stuff and the access Mm -hmm. that, uh, social media affords folk Mm -hmm. that we kind of just have to be on board because that's how people access things now. Mm -hmm. Like all of my church and St. Augustine's does is all of the sermons are on a podcast. So you can get on and listen to the sermons if you can't make it to church. And there's a website with videos of people and people just want access like that. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think, like I said, us being kind of old school and don't want to connect and sort of 
uh, a filtered way. Like we'd rather have one-on-one real interactions. That's why I don't watch much TV either. Like I'd rather read a book mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or go to a class or talk to somebody. Um, so I, I don't know. Like there's just this, we're in an interesting time right now to be doing church mm-hmm. and do it well and authentically and to really reach and help people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, where is the balance there for my community as Episcopalian and yours as a Baptist free church, uh, model. I think there's room for all of it, but, um, the most important part is caring for communities, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm glad we're doing that work cause it's needed. So when I think as much as we give to the community, they give back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think you asked me what like brings life to me or something in one of these questions right now. It's my friends. Mm-hmm. I think my friend, I, for the first time in my life, I have friends who know me mm-hmm. truly there's nothing I can say that's going to be like, oh, where did that come from? We didn't know that about you. My mm-hmm. God, I mean, you know. And it's so nice to be known. And so when you have a church like at the Lipstick Lounge, where it's assumed you drink, it's assumed probably you're with someone and mm-hmm. might or might not be having premarital sex. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you don't have to put that mask or facade on. Yeah. Like you can just roll up high and be like, I'm really messed up right now. I'd be like, mm-hmm. all right, well, we're not going to talk to you right now because you just need to. <laughs> you need some food. You need some like chicken wings or something, and you need to like mm-hmm. eat some coffee. But I don't know, like it's like when you get past what you should be doing and should be acting, to me it's like Mm -hmm. you get down to what matters. And one one day this woman who I had never met came in and she was going through a divorce and she had this baby with her, like this baby's like six months old. And it just felt the most natural thing in the world. I just picked the baby up and held the baby the entire time. Mm Mm-hmm. And that felt really good to me, you know, and so like it gave her a break. I'm with the baby, I'm like preaching, I'm like figuring out how to hold my Bible and still in it. And she yeah. was just like, I needed a break. And I'm yeah. like, well, I needed to hold a baby. So I'm like, yeah. this was amazing. This and there's this picture that someone took of me. Mm. It's like, it's, it's like from the bottom. So it's like got my chin, which is mm. not the most flattering angle <laughs> of me. But um, I'm holding this baby and I'm just like, baby in a bar. It's very sweet home Alabama, you know, mm. with the whole thing. But it just felt really good. And so every week there's something like that so mm-hmm. I'm going to continue doing the work mm-hmm. until I feel like it's either run its course or I'm called to something else but I feel fortunate I've never like for mm-hmm. my experiences and my crazy life that I've had that it allows people access to feel like they can come to the throne room of God because it's not perfect and their life is not perfect and I mm-hmm. just can't go back to acting like I'm perfect or that mm-hmm. I should you know I just cats out of the bag (laughs) so so anyway yeah well I'm glad you're doing this work I think it's really really important and um yeah church has got to be more accessible to folk it can't be up all uh, shiny and perfect and I think that's where the Episcopal church gets inaccessible to folk Mm -hmm. it's too high church it's too proper and I mean you went to a chapel with me today and there's a place for that I love it's it nice. though yeah, I, it's lo- nice. no, I like it's the pop and circumstance you know? I like the pop and circumstance that's a thing like I no, want I more pop too. and circumstance I, I want the robes oh, I want yeah. the whole thing like but I think there's a time and a place yeah, and like and yeah. so for example I did a funeral for my aunt or my aunt passed away yeah. and it was the robe. I mean, I wore the robe and mm-hmm. like my family, one of my, one of my fears that I was able to name is I was like, they've always seen me as little Amy and whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm preaching this funeral in front mm-hmm. of a lot of people in my family. And I'm like, and the moment they saw me in the robe and the stole and mm-hmm. like it, they changed mm-hmm. and, and it was the weirdest thing. They were like, will you do my funeral when I die? I'm like, yes. What an odd thing to say. But mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing a graveside. And I mean like learning how to do mm-hmm. those things and, 
but for yeah when you put the the robe on it mm-hmm. changes but the thing it doesn't change me if that's how you need to view me mm-hmm. okay but it doesn't change right. who I am right and I think that's one yeah. of the things I can I think over mm-hmm. time I feel really settled in to who I am as a person Thanks again, Amy, for sharing your story with us the last two weeks. It was such a pleasure and an honor to have you on. And the work you're doing is is helping a lot of folks and really providing access to the church and the good news of Jesus in a grassroots way that folks can relate to. It's simple and authentic and much needed in the world. So thank you, Amy, and I can't wait to have you on again to talk more theology and see how the church is going. Up next, we have a Lutheran friend of mine, Julia Nussbaum. We talk about her life growing up as a small-town farm girl. And until then, have a pensive and prayerful Holy Week. Peace, y'all.